The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jermccarthy74. On this week's show, our special VIP guests are 2023 Miss Women's Basketball Super League Champions, the Address UCC Glenn Myers Captain Anya McKenna and Coach Mark Scannell. We have reaction from the Cork Camogie senior players and manager following the Rebels' very Ireland Camogie National League win over Clare. And we hear from intermediate manager Trevor Coleman following Cork's league victory over Tip. Cork LGFA seniors proved too strong for Donegal in the National Division 1 League and we get manager and player reaction as well as a roundup of the Cork minor and under 16A and B's Munster Championship outings. Red FM Formula 1 expert Sarah McKenzie Foley joins me to discuss all the latest F1 headlines and previews the season opener in Bahrain. Munster Women's Hockey Piero Graeme Catchball has all the latest Munster Women's Hockey and EY League results scores and updates. And finally, Munster Women's Rugby Chairperson Wendy Keenan is back with another segment reviewing all the latest provincial results and news. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. The Address UCC Glanmire captured their second misquote.ie Women's Super League basketball title in a row last weekend. Glanmire captain Anya McKenna and coach Mark Scannell spoke to me about their terrific achievement on the Big Red Bench. Thrilled now to be joined on the line by the uh, misquote.ie basketball super women's super league champions for the second year running the address ucc glanmire captain anya mckenna anya welcome to the big red bench and hearty congratulations on two in a row hi Jerry. thanks a million thanks for having me on um it's one thing to win this league title you know that it's how difficult it is but to do it back to back and to do it considering there's been such turnover in the address ucc glanmire squad um must make it particularly satisfying for somebody with your experience yeah, um, it's absolutely fantastic. We're delighted. Um, so it just shows all our, all our hard work throughout the, the season has paid off. Um, we had huge changes to our team this year. I think I think we lost about m- nearly six players in total. Um, I think it was about six players. So it was a huge change to a team of 12 players. You know, we lost about half the team. Um, so like credit to, to Max Scannell and to Ronan and to Ken and, and all the management team, you know, for, for rebuilding the team and um, you know, putting so much effort into it the, over the last couple of months and sticking with it, even after losing the cup, you know, we we stuck it out and um, you know, we it was great on on Sunday when when we finished um winning the game and then finishing at the top of the top of the league. So nobody else could could catch us with two games left um to play. Yes, doing it with two games to play mathematically impossible for for you to be caught. You still haven't got your hands on the trophy just yet, but you will very very soon. Considering how let's be honest, poorly things started at the right at the beginning of the season on you. Just results and performances just weren't there. What was it that helped turn things around? Was it a meeting? Was there any one moment? Or was it just pure hard work? Um, I suppose, look, we were very disappointed at the start of the season when we when we got knocked out of the cup. Um, it was in the first round and I think that we, our team probably wasn't just as ready um, back then. You know, it just it, I think that if we had played that first round, if it was just a, maybe two or three weeks after that, um, we probably would have given it a better shot. But I just don't think that we were quite ready then. Um, but we've just improved consistently week by week. Um, I think um, that that game hurt us so much. You know, I, I think it stood to us in the league then because we didn't want to lose any more games. You know, it was Trinity that had beaten us in the cup in, at the start. Um, of the season and they'd also beaten us in the league game away up in Trinity. So we had two really tough losses to them. 
Um, and like we we haven't lost a game since. So I just think that they that really hurts us, and not being in the cup really hurts us. Um, and we've just been really really consistent ever since. And and again, I just think huge credit has to go to the management there. You know, for for sticking with us and and you know putting the belief in us to 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 get to get to that. That you know what that title at the end, what we wanted to get to. Um, so it really was just consistent hard work, um, week in week out, and and you know we had that goal at the end of the season to to retain the the league title. Yeah, and you had to you had to fend off some pretty serious opposition this year. DCU Mercy and Trinity Meteors, obviously, but the likes of Waterford Wildcats, Singleton as well, Brunel and Father Matthews. Like in that run that you went on towards the end of the season, cliche alert here, but there was no easy games. But away, either at home or away, you found that consistent level of performance, and also from the bench, it wasn't just one or two players. Was that key uh, in in the running? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that is huge this year. You know, the the difference that uh, I suppose our Irish players and the Irish players that we have coming off the bench. You know, we have we have Irish international players who played underage all the way up. You know, um, like Annalise Murphy and and Louise Scannell who've been superb. You know, all through their underage international careers, and we're lucky that we have players like them coming in off the bench. Um, and and I suppose. Like Nia Furlong has been huge for us this year as well, who who is playing with the the senior team now as well, which is great, you know. And we have a representative on that team, um. So I just think that the the quality of our Irish players does make a huge difference, and you know you could really see that when when it was the tough games down the stretch, you know, down down the last couple of games that we played, um. You know, it's never easy to win a league title and to be so consistent, um. And I think that made all the difference, especially there in the last two weeks when we had our two away um, games in, in Cork, Derby games in Cork, two away ones in, in up in the Procal Hall and out in Father Matthews. Um, and we, we came away with a narrow win there. You know, they were great games, but um, I just think that those were huge for us, those those couple of games the last couple of weeks. Um, because I said, it, it's, it's never easy to win and it's never easy to be so consistent week in, week out. Yourself and Claire O'Sullivan, dare I say it delicately, are experienced when it comes to winning trophies with the UCC, the address UCC, Glenmire. But Claire in particular, I know how much admiration you have for her and what she brings. The fact that, you know, it's only eight months since she gave birth to her beautiful daughter, Emma. I mean, that that's some going from any athlete to come out and, and to play in that manner and to deliver in that manner. You must be especially happy for her. Yeah, I'm um, so happy that Claire was back playing this year. Um, you know, and I suppose I still know her as Claire Rockall that I would have I would have grown up playing with. Uh, but obviously she's married now, and and she has her her daughter Emma. Um, but no, incredibly proud of her. You know, it's it's no easy task to be, um, just going out training and and then having your, your child at home as well. You know, so look, she's training to an exceptionally high level. She's got back to. The, the the fitness level that she she was when you know a couple of years ago um she's just been incredible for us the last couple of weeks and you know she's just an out and out role model for women in sports um and for for younger 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 girls to look up to as well um but she's been phenomenal for us the last few weeks and it really has made a difference to us you know when we really tough games she's been there they're both in the top four the last couple of weeks so she's been huge for us. As have you, Anya. I know you won't give yourself much praise now, but you've been there too. And out of all the things that you've won, I've said this to your head coach, Mark Scannell, he took particular pleasure in this one. He felt this was special simply because at the start of the year, from the coaching point of view, there was such churn, such turnover in the, in the squad to deliver 
to bounce back from a disappointing start and deliver success and the way that you've done it from your own personal point of view I mean where does this rank in everything that you've done be it be representing your country but specifically for, for Glenmoyer and what this means to you um, yeah look it's great especially when you're kind of underdogs coming into the season you know um, it's just great to, to, to retain title I suppose and like it, it means a lot this year especially when there has been so many changes in the team um, you know but we we still have such a good group of, of Irish players that are there and like I suppose the, the girls that have come in are American players Brittany and, and Kai like I couldn't see Kylie enough of them as well because they've just fitted into our team so well um, and they've been so consistent for us um, and I and I think that does make a difference you know we all get on on off, on and off the course um, and, and I always say that makes a difference too but yeah look it's, it, it is a really special one um, and it's just great to be to be captain of the team again and to be able to lead them out and such a such a really good group of girls Spoken like a true captain as always Anya before I let you go um as you said, like the management team, the players, the support that you've got, it's a joint effort. But talk to me about the importance of the Address Cork sponsorship and also the UCC and, and the Mardike and what that meant this year to you. Yeah, um, like they've been, they've been phenomenal for us, the Address, um, the, the address Hotel. Um, like I suppose for our Americans, that's, that's a huge sponsorship for us and they do so much for the club. Um and then we have the Maradike Arena where where we train, you know, Anthony down the Maradike. We always we're always annoying him to, to get the baskets down for us to go shooting and stuff. So I'm sure he's he's definitely sick of us at this stage. But um look, we wouldn't be the club that we are without those sponsors. Um and you know, every club needs those and I think that the difference um like those sponsors to us makes such a huge difference to our team. Um, so look, they've they've been brilliant, and they've they've also been consistent supporting us, um, which makes a huge difference as well. Um, so yeah, they they would be of huge huge importance to the club. Well said, spoken like a true captain. Um, Anya McKenna, on behalf of everyone here at Corkshire FM Big Red Bench, we are absolutely thrilled for you and for the Address UCC Glenmire squad, your supporters. Winning a second consecutive Miss Quarterly Super League basketball title, no mean feat. Doing it with a couple of games to go. Hearty congratulations and we look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Brilliant. Thanks a million, Jar. Thank you. Thrilled to be joined on the line by the Address UCC Glanmeyer head coach Mark Scannell on a second consecutive misquote.ie Super League basketball title. Mark, from everybody here in the big red, red bench, congratulations to you. Um, a fantastic achievement. Yeah, yeah, it was really enjoyable. You know, we um we worked very hard with an awful lot of, of kind of Changes in the in the team this year, and we had a lot of uh, we had a bit of soul searching after we lost the cup. And I think I think the team really, you know, they gelled and they came together really well, um, especially in the last six or seven weeks. And uh, we're very proud of them. And uh, you know, we, this was a special one, and and uh, we'll enjoy it. You know, Mark, the fact that you had Singleton Super Value Brunel, the Waterford Wildcats, and DCU Mercy those kind of teams of that quality snapping at your heels throughout the season, did that help push the players on? Uh, yeah, it did. Like, I mean, look, every, it's, I keep saying this, like, and people, people sometimes dismiss it, you know, but like, it's really hard to win in this league. Like, there's a lot of really good teams around and there's a lot of young teams around, um, you know, and, and every game is a tough battle and it's tough to prepare for them and, you have to, it takes an awful lot out of all of us. You know, I have a brilliant staff around me, like Ronan and Kenneth are brilliant in what they do. And uh, and the girls are just so dedicated. But 
you know, every week you have to go there and you have to plan and prepare. And that proved it. There we played Brunel, Larry, and we played for the matches. And they both came down to one one shot games at the end, you know, and it could have gone either way. But like they're the little things. It's it's just the little the little things that make the difference in those big games, you know. And um, you know, to do what we what this team has done and to put that kind of a run of wins together and kind of keep a little bit of separation between us and the other teams is just it's just an enormous achievement. You know, I've had some fantastic teams uh, with Clamoyer down through the years and brilliant players. And at the start of the season, to be honest with you, like, where nobody gave us, uh, we weren't in the conversation. Like, when we like we lost Camille, we lost Casey Grace, you know, Miriam, Miriam Lockery, um, you know, isn't there this year. And then our, our two Americans as well, as Leslie and Wilkinson. That, that's a lot of players, a lot of turnover players, you know. Um but to do what the players did and to knock along the way they did and to, and to come up with the goods when it mattered, um, just, just, I just can't say enough good things about them, you know? Yeah, the word that keeps cropping up when I'm looking down through your record throughout the season, Mark, is consistency. You lost the least amount of games in the league. Um, now, I know the only points that matter are the ones at the end of the season, which crowned you as champions. But is it the consistency across defence and offence that helped you win this title? Yeah, I think that helps, you know? I mean, I think... Losing the cup and losing the Trinity early in the season, well, there were there were you know there were blows that we we really had to like absorb. You know, mm. it was it was it was tough, you know. But but like the way most teams would have crumbled, to be honest with you, like a lot of people were questioning, you know, were our Americans good enough? Were our Irish players good enough? Uh, and the way they knuckled down, and and it definitely was consistency, but it was also experience, you know, a lot an awful lot of credit. Like Sinead already came in this year. She brought an awful lot of experience to the table, you know. And obviously, Claire and Anya have been there, done that for such a long time. And and I, I thought it, Amy Dooley in particular, especially over the last six or seven weeks, just became such an integral part of everything we did, you know. She was the kind of happy to the team down the stretch. Her rebounding and just her toughness on the boards just just was brilliant, you know. And then the younger ones, like, like Mia had a great year. You know, Louise came back to her best there the last couple of games. Simone and Annalise, you know, like they're really, really good players. Like I think our depth, our experience and definitely our consistency was the key. Yes, and we spoke to Mia Furlong on the Big Red Bench not so long ago and uh, just the way she talks and the passion that she has for basketball and for the address you see, Glenn Moyer was obvious coming through on that interview. And then, as you mentioned, Claire O'Sullivan um, with an eight-month-old daughter, uh, little baby Emma that we saw a picture of uh, in the Echo this week as well. The, does the experience and the, the newcomers and the youth, does that, has that balance really kind of come to the fore in the last, last number of weeks when you went on that run? Absolutely. And, you know, like, Anya and Claire deserve huge credit because nobody knows what they do in the background. Like, for Claire just to get the training every night, like, for especially the first couple of months, you know, when she came back, the effort and, and, and the amount of stuff that she had to do just to make it to a couple of training sessions every week uh, around the baby. And obviously with Claire Claire Coach out in, out in Ballancolic, they, they just, like, the, the sacrifices they made to make it happen was just incredible. And then, like Anya's just leadership and the way she minds the girls and the way she kind of makes sure that all the like all I have to do is send Anya text and say like give her a, like a simple thing it could be a training time change it could be somebody on the team is struggling and you know and she just looks after it like, she's just been brilliant and that's that's the experience and the leadership and like every team that we've had down through the years um, has had that you know and at times 
people question, you know, obviously as a coach, I'm going to be questioned every week. Why isn't so-and-so playing? How come the older girls are playing? And why they're playing is because they've just been so solid and so consistent, not over one or two years, but over 12 or 15 years, you know? And um, and we, and I, I said it before the Trinity game, and I made no bones about this, I said the difference between us today and Trinity when we go out there on the floor is we have Vaughn and Claire in our dressing room, and they've been there, done that, and they bring all of the guile and all of the experience. And in those, particularly the big games, and the big games down the stretch against Brunel and against Florida Matthews, you know, that's what you need. You need the experience and you need the players that have been there and that can guide and help the younger players. And that's why Glamour will be fine, Jar, for the next, you know, uh, like I, I, I try to do the best I can, but I'm not always going to be there. And, you know, Ronan and Kenneth have done brilliantly. And, like, we, we keep trying to bring through the younger players, but the problem on Glamour is you have to be very patient. You're not going to get the opportunities that maybe you'll get in other teams all the time. But in time, you know, like the, 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 the leadership will be handed over and the, and the younger players will come to the fore. And, like, you know, we've been very lucky with the leaders that we've had down through the years and the experience and the learning that the younger ones have had um, from our experiences. Um, I think, I think in, in time, you'll see the fruits of that again. That's very well said. Mark, just finally, I mean, you've won so much in this game. You've given so much to this game and you've won so much in this game. I don't know if you, is, is there a ranking, is there a league table and where various uh, successes lie, but where does this one uh, lie in, in your mind? Is it just another trophy or is it a special one considering? Like no, 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 this is very special. There's different pressures every year. Last year we were under severe pressure because everybody knew we had by far the best team. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the best team and that, that, that brings its own pressures. We had we had all the stars and we had and all the stars were aligned. And then we had to go and back that up and we had to win. We had to win last year. There was a huge pressure on us to win. And we did. We did. But this year there was probably less pressure to win because we weren't one of the preseason favourites by a long shot. And people said that if Clermedia goes and Casey goes, there's no way that Clamware can repeat. You know, and we proved that wrong and that was a huge um that was a huge kind of motivational factor for the girls to come out this year and to try and prove everybody wrong. And they did that. They did that in spades. And I think this one, I said it to the girls the other day, we always have five minutes in the dressing room after we win um, a, a tournament because you don't get the chance to do that. You know, and teams change every year and you have to kind of have that moment with the group. And I said to the group, I said, look, when when when, pe- when people look back on the teams, the great glamour teams down through the years, this, this win will be up there with as good as any that we've had because of, I suppose, the, the turnover of personnel and because of where we were at the start of the year. So, yeah, we take huge pride in it and we take huge enjoyment from it. And, um, you know, the girls deserve... You only win when you when your players are, are, are championship players and they come up and they, they come up with the goods. And these girls did and they deserve every, every accolade that they get. Um, nobody puts it better when they talk about successes than the head coach of the Address UCC, Glenmire, Mark Scannell, on... His team's misquoted a Super League basketball women's title second in two years. Mark, on behalf of everybody here on the Big Red Bench, we're absolutely thrilled for you and for Glanmire. Congratulations, and we'll talk soon again. Thanks, Jar. Appreciate all the support. Thanks very much. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Resident Red FM Formula One expert Sarah McKenzie Foley joins me on the Big Red Bench to discuss all the latest on and off track Formula One headlines around the 2023 season. You can find more of Sarah McKenzie Foley's expert Formula 1 analysis on her active social media accounts on YouTube, Sarah McKenzie F1, 
Instagram, MacGram underscore, and on Twitter, MacTweets underscore. Now, we're delighted to welcome back our resident Cork Strat FM Formula 1 expert, Sarah McKenzie Foley, ahead of the new 2023 season. It seems like only yesterday we were building up to it, all the testing, all the off-track Poor, bad headlines, good and bad, but mostly bad, it has to be said. And now it's time for the talking to stop and the driving to start. And uh, I would imagine, of all the people I know in this world, Sarah, you're probably the most happy about that. Thrilled, absolutely thrilled. <laughs> Spoken like a non-Ferrari fan. Imagine my uh, my issues. Okay, before we talk about Bahrain, uh, which takes place on the fifth of March, we got to talk about testing, and there's been a huge amount of testing done in the last couple of, in the last week. Uh, let's start with Red Bull and who's doing what and who's doing well. Yeah, essentially I've kind of split this between who came out on top in testing and who really struggled. And Red Bull ended up topping the timing screens with Sergio Perez. They seem to have a very stable car with a very consistent performance. There's kind of a theme splitting the grid at the moment of cars that had already figured out the new regulations last year that have sort of just improved things essentially this year. And then others who didn't figure it out who are still struggling. So Red Bull definitely still very strong favourites uh, at the moment going into the new season. Talk to me about Aston Martin because there was a lot of talk about Fernando Alonso and his decision to go there, but it seems like it may well be justified. Yeah, I I was one of the people that was very sceptical. He was really, really positive and seemed, it made it sound like he had seen some sort of secret papers that, you know, which he probably had, uh, which kind of gave him enough hope. And they've been really strong so far in, in testing and particularly Alonso, unfortunately for Lance Stroll, he missed testing. He injured himself in a biking accident. Um, we understand he injured his wrists. So Felipe Drogovic, who won the F2 series last year, has stepped in for him. Um, it's still TBD whether Stroll will actually race in Bahrain, but Fernando Alonso looked very confident. He was kind of playing coy in his off-track uh, interviews, but that usually is a sign that he's pretty confident because an, an irritated Alonso is a vocal Alonso, and, uh, and he was he was pretty pretty calm, pretty confident. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how things fare when they actually get on track in a live scenario. Yeah, two things there. It's obvious when Alonso is irritated because he tells everybody and uh, that's clear. <laughs> um, how much of this is smoke screen though with Aston Martin? This is very positive now and it's very kind of, you know, for people who know uh, Formula One well, like yourself, I mean, you've heard this before from Aston Martin. Like, I mean, they need a good season now with the money they're, they're shelling out for this driver. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't take on a multi-world champion who's in his, you know, 20th season of racing uh, at that level without, you know, making sure that you've got something to offer him. And I think, you know, it does, it does sound really positive. I think they seem to have figured out a level of performance that they weren't able to unlock at all last year. And if you sort of level out the playing field taking tires, etc., out of it, then technically Alonso, let's say if, if day three of testing had been a Grand Prix in Bahrain, he would have been third on the podium. So that's, you know, that's a serious kind of stake in the ground from Aston Martin. And I think there's a lot of excitement about that team and particularly Alonso being in it. So we'll see, we'll see what they can actually pull off now when, when I suppose all the gloves are off. Yeah, it would be very interesting because, uh, you know, a consistent Aston Martin team just behind the front runners is good for Formula One with such a well-known name doing well and mm. possibly attracting more drivers down down the road. Before we or we go off it though, I mean, Lance Stroll, 
I mean, come on. I mean, this close to the to the world champ- just to the start of the new season. If you're his agent, if you're if I mean, for God's sake, if you're the team, you know, okay, look, it's an accident. He didn't mean to do it, but you know, there's got to be you know a lot of angry people about this. I think it's really unfortunate for him. Um, very exciting for Drogovic, but <laughs> definitely not Probably great for that him. stroll. And, you know, he, he, to be honest, looked very disengaged last year. So I would imagine that he's more annoyed than anyone because if he had any sense that this car was going to be competitive, I'm pretty sure he's dying to get into it. So I would imagine he's he's really kind of finding every which way to recover as quickly as he can and get in the car. The dangers of cycling. Surely all Formula One drivers yes. know it at this stage. Now, let's talk about another team close to my heart, Farza Ferrari. I mean, last year was about as frustrating as it can possibly get, and that's saying something for a Ferrari fan. But this year, God forbid the signs are good, Sarah. Tell me something positive about the testing. Yeah, look, they look really strong, and they, they des- described a lot of their running as smooth, which is, is what you want, really. I mean, we talked before about consistency being a great indicator that you would love to get out of testing. And that seems to be what they've gotten. They got a decent number of laps under their belt. You know, I think didn't have any major wobbles. I think it looks, it looks good, but as we know, that's only one part of it. You have to get the strategy right as well. Um, So we'll have to see whether the changes kind of in the leadership there have made the difference, you know, behind the scenes and then see whether the drivers can actually pull it off on track and additionally whether their reliability has stepped up any bit because that was a massive issue for them last year as well. That's the key. I mean the drivers are there. They've changed uh, the pit crew whatever and from the top down where they felt they needed to but it's just getting that car home in each of them. A bit more consistency, more point scoring I think the momentum will gain but oh man I remain to be convinced. I'm looking forward to Bahrain just for that alone. Haas as well um, uh, making some positive headlines and testing. Uh, Sarah McKenzie Foley. Yeah, they switched to development on their 2023 car pretty early last year and it looks to have paid off because he, Nico Hulkenberg, I should say, was kind of mixing it with the top performers actually on the third day of testing in particular um, and they were kind of up near the top five. You kind of reckon that they might fall into between fifth and seventh across the sort of 10 teams. So I think that's really interesting for them and I think they've got a They've got a driver lineup that is is unique in the number of second chances they've been given in the sport. And I think that will probably make them hungrier than ever. And I think they've really got some potential this year. And uh, I don't know if, you, if anyone saw on, on Twitter over the weekend, but they've also managed to save themselves 250 oh, the grand by cutting down their, their pit wall, <laughs> which is honestly listen, whatever you have to do to, to put money into the car and not into kind of these extracurriculars like that's I think it's really smart I was reading about that it's not so much the actual seats on the pit crew that uh, there were were the costs it was the cost of transferring them uh, via air and the weight of them exactly and doesn't that just tell you like I mean if we're at that point with a team like us uh, you know or with any Formula 1 team that they're having to make those kind of cutbacks just to put it into the car just down to the last cent down to the last percentile what it means to be in Formula 1 to try and get that edge I mean I found that I mean I laughed first but then when I thought about it I said yeah they're quite heavy equipment and if you can cut it in half we're going to see every team do it now are we not? I mean it's certainly the teams where it makes sense and I think it, show, it shows you where their priorities are mm. you know they're they're kind of saying I, I don't care if it means that we have two more people sitting in the garage and you know, rather than out here, if we have to, if that's going to give us an edge on the track, then of course that's where you should be putting, um, you know, all your eggs really. 
You're listening to the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast with our Formula One expert, Sarah McKenzie Foley. And we have been talking about the positive uh, side of the testing leading into the Bahrain Grand Prix on March 5th. We've mentioned Red Bull, Aston Martin, Ferrari and Haas. But unfortunately, Sarah, we have to mention the teams that have not been doing so well. He tried to suppress his smile. And at the top of that list are your beloved Sir Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Is this a surprise? Um... I don't know that it's a surprise. I think the scale of the wobbles was a surprise. So there were some very difficult moments, including George Russell's car having to be towed off the track on Friday. Now, they did get back to some level of performance on Saturday. But I think the problem really for them, again, this happened last year, is they don't understand exactly how to get the best out of the car. They just don't have the formula down. Like, for example, the poor poising looks much, much better, but the drivers were reporting that the balance issues are still mm. massively problematic. So it's sort of one step forward, two steps back. And I think, you know, testing is always, you have to take everything with a pinch of salt. For example, if you look at the ending timing screens, you would see Lewis Hamilton as the second fastest driver, but he was on a softer compound of tyre than Sergio Perez was anyway in first. So I think... <laughs> There's there's just an awful lot to be figured out there yet. And Toto Wolf was using the word eventually far too often for my liking. Uh, so I'm really hoping that it's not as eventual as uh, as he thinks. I'd rather hear Toto saying eventually than what he, he says a lot of on Drive to Survive, which is quite swear, a lot of swear words and German words. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Finally, in terms of the testing, um, as surprising as it is possibly to hear the, the scale of Mercedes' uh, issues, Alpine and McLaren are two teams that I didn't expect to see struggling as much as they have been in, in, in testing. Same for you? Yeah, I think Alpine was just sort of maybe we expected a bit more from them. We didn't get any massive spike. Um, I think that that would have been interesting to see. McLaren absolutely lacked performance without a doubt. And I think they're going to have to do some serious work to alleviate driver frustration there. I mean, Lando Lando reportedly punched a wall uh, in the in the paddock, which is very unlike him for, you know, for, for what I've seen. Zach Brown also revealed the team has actually missed some of its deadlines and some of its goals for development, which, you know, obviously that That's a red that flag. No, you know that better than I do uh, in terms of Formula 1 at this, at this stage of the season, yeah? Yeah, it essentially means that that work will now have to go on in tandem with re- like real-time racing, and that's not ideal. You know, you always have some level of development going on during the season, especially in the first kind of maybe half, two-thirds, but... This is a big problem. And McLaren were fighting for fourth last year and it really doesn't look like that's where they are at all. Yeah, uh, as ever, it's going to be as interesting to see the frustrations and the reaction to the frustrations of teams that wanted to do better and have a lot of investment in them coming in this year over the coming months uh, as the 2023 Formula 1 Grand Prix season. It kicks off on Sunday, March the 5th, 3 o'clock Greenwich Mean Time, the Bahrain Grand Prix at Bahrain International Circuit before we move on to Saudi Arabia and then on to Australia and Azerbaijan. We've been waiting long enough for it, Sarah. It's finally here. Before I let you go, what are you most looking forward to? from the Bahrain Grand Prix? I think just seeing whether any of the indicators that we've seen over this past weekend of testing are going to become reality outside of the Ferraris and the Red Bulls. I really want to see where Aston Martin are at. I really want to see where Haas are at. I think 
at the beginning of last season, we saw those teams do quite well and then everything sort of shook out and settled a bit. And I think it's it's always more exciting the more teams that are fighting for wins and podiums. So I think if we can get any bit closer to that this year, I would absolutely love to see that. As would I, but more than anything, I want to see Ferrari winning some races. You know that. <laughs> and I, want, I, I don't necessarily want to see Mercedes struggling or, or, or Mr. Verstappen, but I would enjoy it a little bit. But listen, we've so much to look forward to throughout the Formula One season uh, 2023, beginning in Bahrain Grand Prix, as I said, on Sunday, 5th of March at 3 p.m. We will review the race, the highs and lows, the ins and outs on next week's podcast. But in the interim, where can we find all your expertise on Formula One, Sarah? Yes, you can find all my videos on my YouTube channel if you search Sarah McKenzie F1. I'm also on Twitter. I regularly tweet, uh, live tweet throughout the race weekend. So I'm MacTweets underscore and I'm also MacGram on underscore on Instagram. Excellent stuff. Can't wait to talk to you next week to see what happens at the Bahrain Grand Prix and get the get the load on. But in the, in, in the meantime, uh, once again, Sarah McKenzie Foley, your resident Corks Red FM Formula One expert. Thank you for your time. Thanks, sir. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM. Monster Hockey Piero Graham Catchball rejoins me on this week's Big Red Bench to recap the latest Monster Women's Hockey, Monster Division 1, EY League, schools, interpros and international news. Plus, we take a look ahead to upcoming women's hockey fixtures. It has been another hectic week in the Munster women's hockey world, and who better than the PRO himself to join us on the Big Red Bench once again, a regular contributor, Graham Catchball, to bring us up to speed. Graham, how are you? I'm good, Jar, and yourself? Like yourself, we were talking off air how busy things are at the moment. Where is the year going? It's nearly March, but let's not uh, dwell on the uh, you know sad old complaints like that. Let's talk about uh, some of the uh, recent results and some of the very important and significant recent results. Now, since our last podcast, we previewed a huge game in the Women's Monster Division 1 between two Cork teams, Harlequins and UCC. That went down last week, and how did that go, Graham? Uh, yeah, so a, a very close encounter, I suppose, as, as expected last uh, Tuesday night up in uh, Farmers Cross. Uh, the the weather, by the looks of the the photos on uh, social media, wasn't exactly. Uh, I was coming to that. <laughs> it wasn't a good night for hockey, though. No, it wasn't a great night, but um, a, a, a very entertaining and 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 um, a well attended. Um, uh, I suppose. Uh, in, First cross, um, Harlequins coming out at one 0 winners. Uh, very very close affair. Uh, Michelle Barry with the with the crucial goal. Um, so the, I suppose a very close game overall with UCC pushing right to the end, but um, Harlequins hanging on uh, for for the three points. Um, it it makes the top of the table very very interesting, I suppose now. So Harlequins have now leapfrogged um, UCC into top spot, um, just one point ahead. Um, with with I suppose only a couple of games to go, it's it's going to be nip and tuck, and and really it's going to come down to that final meeting between the the two clubs by the looks of it, um, where UCC will host Harlequins in the in the corresponding fixture uh, towards the end of the season. So Harlequins on thirty points now, UCC on twenty nine, uh, really really close uh, end to the season coming up. Yeah, like you're, I mean, you're you're building it up nicely there because what a game that is going to be. Because I'm looking here at the same table and the goal difference is thirty. Said they each have the same goal difference. There's nothing between these two teams. Obviously, there's a point now at this stage, but that meeting is going to be before the end of the season hugely, hugely significant. Provided results go the way we expect them, or the the teams themselves will expect to go, but it's so tight at the top all season. Neither team can take anything for granted, no Graham. 
Yeah, and it'll 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 really be interesting. Um, I suppose how they manage their squads as well coming up to mm-hmm. that game. Um, with plenty of other games, you know, there's a couple of cup games coming up. Um, and I suppose um, you know, it wouldn't be a, a great surprise if they were to to meet in a in a cup final uh, between now and then. Um, they also have their EY two campaigns as well with with both Harlequins and UCC in the, in the mix to get into the the end of season playoffs there as well. So. Plenty of hockey to be played at the the business end of the season, I suppose, for both clubs. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be uh, exciting there at the at the summit of the M- women's Monster Division One. We'll return to it there before we finish because there's a couple of significant games coming up as well this week. We turn our attention to uh, the women's EY One League and a setback for Catholic Institute this past weekend, Graham. Yeah, so so I I suppose um, a, a tough game um, for for Institute and probably. Probably not the result um, they would have they would have thought, um, and and certainly not the result we maybe would have predicted at the start of the weekend. Uh, so Pembroke um, beat them three nil. Um, so P- Pembroke uh, now up to fourth in the table, actually only two points behind um, Catholic Institute, who dropped them from t- top spot now down to third. Um, Loretta at the top of the table now three points clear of UCD and and Catholic Institute. So. Again, though, like the the league has been a funny one this year. You know, it's thrown up a couple of surprise results throughout the season, uh, with with all clubs, I suppose, taking taking points off each other. So, again, a very exciting finish to the season in in, in store, I suppose. Um, and I, w- I wouldn't rule Institute out at this mm. point. It's it's only their second loss of the season, um, and they've been going very well um, up to this point. So I have no doubt that they'll bounce back. Yeah, and you mentioned just how tight it is. The top five are separated by five points. I mean, that just tells you how close it's going to be. There's six rounds of games to go. Loretto at the top on 25, UCD and Catholic Institute joint second on 22. And then you've got Pembroke Wanderers who who beat Catholic Institute this past weekend on 20. And Pegasus, who've got a game more played, albeit, but they're still on 20 points. I mean, you know, it is still in Catholic Institute's hands. They might need a result going their way here or there. But um, that's is this as tight a women's EY1 as you can remember? It, it genuinely is, and and I, I mean, you could look down as far as sixth place as well. Jer and Noel Alex have have two games in hand over the teams uh, teams above them. So again, they they have the potential to climb, you know, right up into second place um, if if the results go their way there as well. So it is probably the tightest I've seen this league. Um, it's certainly over the last couple of seasons. Certainly, anyone from the top six could actually end up winning this. Um, with with I suppose well over half the season gone. So. Um, all to play for um, and it'll be interesting as well to see you know who makes those top four places because um, there, there's I suppose not only do the league winners get a, a European spot um, next year but also uh, the top four teams going to it there is the, the the Champions Trophy at the end of the year for the for the top four clubs um, which will be kind of a I suppose a round robin playoff um, to see who who gets that other European spot? So you know, all to play for an EY one, um, and and certainly some some big games coming up there as well in the coming weeks. There certainly are, and all the best to Catholic Institute right in the mix heading into the business end of the season. As they said, a setback, but not the end of the world. And such a tight league, as we said, six clubs at the top there, uh, separated by only uh, six points. But as we said, uh, even that six club ball, Alex, as you've, you've correctly pointed out, have got games in hand. So who knows what way this is going to go, but it's going to be exciting one way or the other. Now, another significant result for a Cork hockey club in women's EY2 this past weekend. Harlequins maintaining their women's EY2 Pool B uh, push 
Yeah, a, a, a great win for Harlequins this weekend, I suppose, over over Bally Money. Um, again, you know, they're 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 going strong on all fronts at the moment. Um, uh, Bally Money, I suppose, would be a, a team from the north that uh, would, I suppose, be quite a quite a strong outfit. Um, and were level on points with Quinns going into the game. Um, so Harlequins coming out five 0 victors there. Uh, Michelle Barry continuing her her, her goal scoring form with two goals. Julian McCarthy also with two, and Joy Sampson adding the adding the fifth goal in, in that game. Um, so a very good win, a very convincing win for Harlequins, putting them second in their group. Brilliant result for Harlequins. They're right behind Corinthian, um, who are the, the runaway leaders in Pool B, but they're, they are mixing it with Queen's University and they with a great chance of making the playoffs. An excellent result for them. Well done, Cork Harlequins. We move now to the, Mun- the Women's Munster Senior Cup semi-final and the Women's Munster Senior Plate semi-final, which we played last weekend. Yeah, so uh, I, I suppose a comfortable victory for, for UCC over Waterford at home um, in the Munster Senior Cup semi-final, so so that's uh, that's going to put them in, in in the final um, on Paddy's day, where they'll face either Harlequins or CFI, which which is yet to be played. Um, the goals for UCC coming from Amy Stokes, Abby O'Mahony, and Nikki Barry. Um, in the Munster Senior Plate semi-finals, then both were played at the weekend. Um, Ashton were three 0 victors over uh, Belvedere. Kate Harvey returning from from South America to to score two goals, um, and Robin Murphy adding the the third. Um, and in Bandon, uh, quite a surprise result, I suppose, with um, with Bandon and Black Rock drawing one all. Uh, Jenny McLaughlin putting Bandon ahead, but uh, Vivian Melier, uh equalising for Black Rock towards the end of that game. Uh, Black Rock then went on to win the shootout three two to to book their place in the plate semi final against Ashton. Again, that'll be played on St Patrick's Day. So two brilliant games to look forward to on St. Patrick's Day. The Munster Senior Cup Final uh, between UCC and either Harlequins and or CFI and the Senior Plate Decider also on the same day, Blackrock versus Ashton. Lots of lots of good hockey and, and probably big crowds as well to look forward to there. We finish up this week, uh, Graham, by looking ahead to some of the big fixtures this week and at the weekend as well. Yeah, so I suppose third place, um, Church of Ireland uh, in in the Munster Senior League will be playing Black Rock um, this week. Um, They will be looking to close that gap to, to UCC and Harlequins and I suppose you know, give themselves a chance of, of maybe a top two finish and maybe getting themselves into EY2 next season. Um, so a must-win game really for them and um, their their form has been very good, I suppose, of late. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were to come away with the points. But on the flip side, then BlackRock, I suppose, um, will be on a, a high after, I suppose, winning last weekend over, over Bandon. So, you know, BlackRock's form has really turned the corner as well and they've started getting a few results there. So it could be, could be a close um, encounter tomorrow evening certainly good and at the weekend we have Munster Division 1 Cup semi-finals um, involving a lot of core clubs as well yeah so uh, we have the, the, the Munster Division 1 Cup games um, this weekend um, Harlequins uh, hosting Ashton on Saturday at uh, 12.45 um, and, and on Sunday then we have uh, CFI versus UCC um, in, in uh, Gary Duff at uh, 2.15 um, so two huge games of I suppose clubs that are at the you know the, the top five of the, the, the Munster Senior League so um, you know these, these results could genuinely go, go either way on the day 
Um, Harlequins obviously have a bit of form, I suppose. Ashton will have Kate Harvey back in the squad again, so that makes it interesting. Um, and and then also, I suppose, C of I and UCC always throw up a, a classic encounter every sing- single time they seem to play. So it'll be very, very interesting to see who makes that final. Yeah, there are some big games coming up, both in Cup and League. There's lots lots of different ways this could go, and it's going to be very, very exciting. As we finish up, we'll just have a quick check again on the Women's Hockey Overview and the Women's EY1 League uh, Catholic Institute, as we spoke about earlier, very, very much in the mix for honours there. They're three points behind Loretto Hockey Club, the leaders, but they're in there with UCD, Pembroke, Pegasus and Old Alex, and certainly going to be involved in the title shake-up in the Women's EY uh, two Poulet Avoca Ulster Elks UCC in third place there but uh, still some bit behind Ulster Elks and Avoca whereas in women's EY Pool 2 Pool B Cork Harlequins now joint second with Queen's University and just behind Corinthians who are out in front there and the women's Munster Division 1 which we've spoken about at length what a division this has been this year Cork Harlequins are now top of the table a point there on 30 points of UCC C of I are right behind them though on 20 and if they win their game in hand it'll only be a 6 point gap to UCC and then you've got Bandon and Ash and also there in the mid-table and the one that everybody wants to hear and talk about Graham at the very end of the podcast each week and the one I get told about the most is the Women's Munster Top Scorers Table unchanged from last week Beth Ann O'Farrell as ever is still up there for Cork Harlequins on 16 goals alongside UCC's M.O. Sullivan Michelle Barry from Cork Harlequins is on 15 and Kate Harvey of Ashton has moved up now to 13 Olivia Roycroft is 5th from Bandon on 12 and then Kira Sexton of C of I on 11 as is Abby O'Mani from UCC you can follow all, the, get all that information, all the latest tables and all the latest scores on the Munster Hockey uh, Twitter account and across their social media channels. My God, Graham, it's been a busy week and we've got so much to look forward to. You're going to be a busy man, but th- these are good times for Munster Women's Hockey. Absolutely. I mean, this is the business end of the season now. This is this is when teams are really, uh, really uh, need to pull results out of the bag to, you know, get to the top of a table or get to a cup final. Um, and those cup finals are just around the corner now. It's supposed starting on Paddy's Day. Um, so yeah, plenty of uh, top class hockey to look forward to. Well, I couldn't finish it better myself. Top class hockey to look forward to. We'll be covering it here as we have done all the way through the season and throughout the final weeks on the Big Red Bench. But for now, Munster Women's Hockey Piero, Graham Catchball, thank you very much for your time. Thanks a million, Jar. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Munster Women's Rugby Chairperson Wendy Keenan joins me on this week's Big Red Bench to offer us her expert opinion on all things rugby and review all the latest provincial, clubs, schools and adult results, scorers and upcoming fixtures. Plus, we have all the latest Munster Rugby and International Rugby news making the headlines. Now, it has been a hectic time once again in the month on the Munster women's rugby scene. Uh, three fantastic finals played at Musgrave Park this past weekend, but lots happening on the youth cup side of things, the adult and divisional cups. So there's only one person to talk to, our resident uh, Munster women's rugby expert, chairperson of Munster women's rugby, and uh, now a weekly correspondent. Another uh, job title to add to her growing list, and that's Wendy Keenan. Wendy, you're very welcome back to the bench. How are you? I'm great. Just about thawed out after yesterday's finals, but uh, great to be back. Thank you. Yes, I would imagine very, very cold conditions, but a fantastic day for Munster Rugby, for Munster Women's Rugby, as the Munster Under-14, Under-16 and Under-18 league finals were ran off with huge excitement, good, very good crowds and uh, three fantastic matches. Yeah, I suppose, Jerry. look at my five years now that I've been involved yesterday, saw our biggest crowd in Musgrave Park 
for and these were just our league finals. We haven't even got onto our cup matches yet. But um, over seven hundred between seven hundred and eight hundred people in attendance wow. in Musgrave Park yesterday. And look, the matches didn't disappoint. Twenty two tries scored. Referees touched judges for all three matches. So a very special day for um, all the girls, the clubs, the parents, and lots of grandparents out too supporting yesterday. So in those cold conditions. But we started with our under fourteen match. Very exciting. Nine tries scored in total. Uh, Dunmanway, Bantry Bay, just too strong for that Clonakilty side. And the final score there was uh, 42-21. And those Dunmanway, Bantry Bay girls have christened themselves the Rebelettes. Um, so our under-16 game then, a very strong Ballancolig Dolphin amalgamation, scoring five tries over that Clonakilty red, ti- red team, um, where they scored two tries, so 27-10 there, the final score. And finally, a cracker of a match for our under-18, uh, four tries to two, Ennis Kilrush coming out on top with 22 points scored over Carrigan Chua-Tharlis, who scored 10 points. So just look, a wonderful day for all the girls involved, all fantastic. And I suppose just a real proud moment I think just for the clubs the coaches the you know the skill that was on display by uh, by all the girls um, congratulations to all of them terrible to see some girls um, you know very dis- disappointed it brings a tear to my eye when I see them so upset but um, they could hold their heads up they did their clubs proud yesterday they certainly did and wasn't it great we spoke about this last week and the week before the fact that there's such a, lot, a draw from all parts of the Munster province Represented West Cork, obviously, but great as well to see, um, as you said, like the, the likes of Ennis and Kilrush in that in that final, and Carrick and Shore, as well yeah, as mean, the, the regulars like Dolphin and, and Balacolic. Yeah, really, really important. You know, we've all corners of the province all came to Cork yesterday, but it was just the support that they brought with them. You know, aunties, uncles, um, you know, it was a real family day out and that's what we want to create, you know, community rugby, get everybody involved, supporting the girls and, and that's what yesterday brought. It certainly did. So congratulations to the three winners, commiserations to the three runners up, but they don't have much time to wallow about in that because we are very quickly turning around to the first round of the Youth Cups and a lot of age groups involved here as well, Wendy. Yeah, I mean, really, they're, they're all back in action again next weekend, which is lovely. You know what I mean? They continue the success for, for some of them. But, you know, for the girls that are on those losing sides, they're back at training this week. They'll be looking to, you know, take revenge in the cup competition. So some of the fixtures now for next weekend. So at under 14, we have Dunmanway Bantry Bay versus Ennis. We have Shannon versus Tralee and Clonakilty versus Ballina Scarif. That's an amalgamation there between the, between those clubs. So lots of travelling going on at the under 14 level. At under 16, then, we have Carrick Turles versus Listole Tralee, Ennis versus Dunmanway Bantry, Killarney versus UL Bowles Gary Owen, and Kenturk versus Kilrush. Again, lots of mileage being clocked up from one corner of the province to the other. We also have the Development Cup at the under 16 taking place next weekend, and that will see Brough at home to Old Crescent Scarif, Fmoy at home to Feathered, and Bandon Casale will host Skibbereen. And then finally, in our under-18 cup, we have Balna Killaloo versus Cove Dolphin, Shannon versus Matlow Mitchelston Yall, Skibbereen Bantry Bay versus Brough, and in the development cup, we'll have Tralee Feathered. So all those matches taking place, and then after that, once those results are in, we'll be able to stream those into the cup, the plate, and the bowl competitions. So it's going to be a busy two weeks for our, our fixtures person, uh, Maeve Darcy. She'll be busy um, creating the different competitions over the next 10 days. Yes, huge excitement and lots to look forward. And you said the good thing about the Cup, uh, again, Wendy, from Munster Women's Rugby point of view, if you lose in the Cup, there is the opportunity of these other knockouts. You get a second chance, yeah? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even when we see, you know, people that weren't playing yesterday, if we look onto our fixtures, they're all organising the friendlies. But with our cup competition, we've got three tiers to it. So if you're knocked out in the first round, you're, you're still into another competition. And if you're knocked out in that round, you're still into another competition. So, yes, we keep them all going till the end of the season. Brilliant stuff. Uh, well done again to everybody involved. They're looking forward to following up on those results. Lots of cup action to come over the coming weeks and shield and bowl or plate and bowl as well, as you said. So lots, lots to look forward to. Now we move from the youth to the adult uh, Munster Women's Rugby section and Skibbereen and Bantry Bay were in action this past weekend, as were Dolphin. Yeah, so I suppose conference playoff time now and uh, we had a slight delay to one of our matches. So on Friday night, um, Skibreen defeated Bantry Bay, uh, Bantry Bay at home there. And as a result of that win, they were back in action again on Sunday. And uh, so they defeated Dolphin yesterday, uh, scoring eight tries. So you'd be delighted with your <laughs> your, your neighbour club there. Skibreen 48, Dolphin 17. And UL Bulls two, uh, seconds were just too strong for Thurlis, but a close match there, 17-12. So they're the conference playoffs and they'll be looking to get into, you know, the final playoffs there. And then next weekend, we're into our Divisional Cup and our Divisional Bowl. So two semi-final matches. We have Kerry versus Skibbereen and Shannon versus UL Bowl second. And in the bowl competition, we have Mallow versus Ennis Kilrush and Thurlis are hosting Ballancolic seconds. Yes, so another busy weekend for the adults. <laughs> I was just going to say, your fixture secretary is going to be really busy. But uh, isn't it again fantastic? You're mentioning those names like the Shannon, you're mentioning UL Bowes, you're mentioning Mallow, you're mentioning Thurlis, Ennis Kilrush. Again, the, the spread across the entire province. This is getting bigger and bigger every year, Wendy. Yes, we do. And I suppose we should mention that there's, you know, there's a good cohort coming out of our under 18 and a half competition this year, you know what I mean? And they'll be moving into the adult game. So it's just really important that we have that pathway for those players to go into the adult game because we all know the drop off rate between, you know, 18 and 22 is very high in all female sports. So we want to keep them involved, you know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean? At the different levels. I'm also going to mention that we also have this year an Irish Junior Cup competition between the different provinces. So we will see. Skibbereen and UL both seconds go on to play in that competition I'll be talking about it next week Excellent stuff lots to look forward to and good on those two clubs um, continuing to thrive on and off the pitch we finished this week with the school section which uh, you'd think we were going to finish quickly but we're not because there's so much schools action going on at the moment and I'm just looking down through some of the results here that you've sent on to us like Colosh to Pubble Boundary St Anne's Killaloo and again like uh, there's just so many different schools all around the, uh, the provinces now starting to get into and when I say get into rugby that's just like the layman's terms for some schools that you know Wendy that wouldn't normally have played girls rugby but are now thriving and can't get enough of it and here we are yeah. talking about schools competitions that are getting bigger and bigger as well. Yeah and I suppose like when, when I'm on here I'm talking about the junior uh, cup and the senior cup competition like it goes without saying we're now going to have a league competition next year at both levels due to the number of, of schools that are getting involved and even um, today we have an emerging schools competition taking place in Feathered and there's t- 10 emerging schools participating so there are 10 new schools that are coming into the question 37 as I mentioned last week involved in different events at junior level and 17 at, at, at senior level perhaps next week I'll talk about the schools that are emerging that I'm not mentioning in the Junior and Senior Mm. Cup just to give people an idea of the different corners of the province that are getting involved. Um, But as we said, there's been lots of big results this past weekend and lots to look forward to on the school section as well with upcoming semi-final fixtures. 
Yeah, so look, we'll, we'll start with the results from the the, uh, the quarterfinals, if you like. So we have Ortsgolvera 14, but uh, St. Anne's uh, Killaloo were just too strong for them. 44 points scored against them there. So they St. Anne's will go forward to the semi-final. Bantry, as we know, um, are the Colossus de Pobble Bantry and Bantry Club are very strong this season. Um, so Colossus de Pobble Bantry 32, um, defeating their, their local rivals Bandon Grammar there, um, who scored 10 points. So six tries scored there by that um, that Bantry, tie, Bantry team so that sees them also going to the semi-final so the semi-finals are going to take place and what they look like is St. Joseph's Boris Lee versus Colossus de Eda Dingle St. Anne's Killaloo versus Colossus de Pobble Bantry so there you are mentioning the corners there Boris Lee and Dingle and Killaloo and Bantry in uh, the semi-finals and then at senior level, uh, we had one match played this week. So we had St. Anne's Killaloo, again, a very experienced side. Um, six tries scored, 32 points scored. But Clonakilty did very well against them. So 17 points scored, excuse me, by um, Clonakilty. Sacred Heart Clonakilty, so 32-17. But it's St. Anne's that, that progress into the semi-finals. So that draw now looks like. Arts Gulvera versus Bandon Grammar. And Intermediate School Kilorglin versus St. Anne's Killaloo. So another great uh, and another great draw there from the different corners of the province. Excellent and lots and lots to look forward to. I see as well from your notes that there's um, an emerging school day that you wanted to mention. Yeah, so that's the Emerging School Day that's taking place today in Feathers. Ten schools taking place and perhaps we'll next week we'll devote a little bit of time to just, I suppose, naming those schools that are involved in the emerging side of things to give people an idea of the province, where in the province, you know, I mean, that the, the work is going on in the schools. You know, we know it does play dividends if, if the local club can link in with mm. with the, uh, the, the the local school, you know what I mean? So uh, it, it's helping to grow our numbers no end. We just need more development staff on the ground. And I suppose another thing to mention is that, you know, as we speak, we have the high performance staff in um, the IRFU and they're selecting that under 18 Irish squad that will, you know, go into camp to train for the Six Nations. And look, we're hoping for Munster representation there. And there'll be some girls that no doubt will be playing in those schools matches this week um, that will hopefully be in a green jersey by, by the end of the summer. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Great to hear. And as we said, the end of the summer is not that far off, but there's so much rugby to be played both at underage, both at adult and at schools and as well interprovincial and obviously international level over the coming weeks and months. And uh, who better to tell us about it all than Wendy Keenan, the Munster, Munster Women's Rugby Chairperson and Big Red Bench uh, contributor. Wendy, once again, thank you for your time uh, and for bringing us up to speed on so much that's happening around the province. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a million, Jeff. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Corkamogi senior players Amy O'Connor, Laura Tracy, Hannah Looney and manager Matthew Toomey spoke to me and the Big Red Bench following last weekend's Very Ireland Camogie National League win over Clare at Parky Ring. I also caught up with Cork Intermediate Manager Trevor Coleman following the Rebels League victory over Tip. Uh, Amy O'Connor, congratulations. A second consecutive National League win for Cork and you're back on the scoreboard again, taking your goal particularly well. But um, overall, just very pleased with the way Cork played today? Yeah, I'm very pleased. Um, I suppose we're trying to work on some new things, some new players coming in, some old players coming back. Um, so very pleased yeah, to get to win today. Yeah, when you look at the players that weren't here today, players that are currently injured, and you see the players coming off the bench and making an impact, that's got to be good for Cork going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Orla Callan is in a certain 15 again this week. She's so good to play with. I absolutely love playing with her. And um, then you'd like to see Healy coming off the bench, another exceptional talent. So, no, we've got girls that are injured and, you know, they need to come back. But in fairness, the girls that are that are in there right now are doing a really good job. 
Um, the movement of yourself, Orla and Sarsha McCartan today was really impressive and the ball into you when it was good, you managed to pick off some good scores. This is a decent Clare team that have always given Cork problems. So that again shows the progress. It's early in the year, but progress that is being made. Yeah, there's huge progress being made and you know, even myself I'm learning a lot from like Alan's movement, which is great. Um so yeah, we're trying to work on some new things. Orla was brilliant today and so was Sorsha and you know, um when we're all singing off the same hymn shoot, it's really easy to play with. Um, in terms of looking ahead, you've got Tipperary next, so you've had a good win over Dublin, a good win over Clare, but Tipper going particularly well, they're up the top of the league now as well, um, a bigger test again. Yeah, definitely a bigger test and we're away now next week, we've had two home games, yeah. so it'll be a huge test for us, but one that we're looking forward to. And just finally, from you took a bit of a knock there, but everything's okay, you'll be okay for the next day? Yeah, everything's good, thank God, Yeah, uh, just a bit sore, but yeah, I'll be perfect next week. It'll take a lot to knock you over, <laughs> listen Emmy, well done. Thanks a million, Ger. Uh, first of all, Laura, congratulations. Two wins out of two for Cork. Uh, good, hard running game today. Yeah, no, look, I suppose uh, it's very early on in the se- uh, in the season and um, they're trialling out a whole pile of girls here and I thought every girl really did what they were asked to do today um, and then a performance came with that, so very proud of everyone. Yeah, Clare have always been sticky opponents for Cork. Last year's Munster final, two extra time periods, but um, a lot of good a lot of good running, as I said today. A lot of ball through the hand as well, a different style, but it seems to be working. Yeah, no, look, I suppose we have started talking about ourselves a lot this year and focusing on our own performances. Uh, we saw the result that came from um, from down in Nolan Park last week, or down in Cusick Park last week, when um, Claire actually beat Kilkenny, the All-Ireland champion. So we knew we had a battle against us today. But we just, we, we were talking all week about ourselves, focusing on our own targets, and um, thankfully we got the performance then today. You're playing particularly well at centre-back. I know you'd hate self-praise, but you have been playing quite well. Physical game today, different game to the last day. But looking ahead now, Tipperary also going very well. They've won their game, so this is going to be a big step up again. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, each game that uh, each week brings um, is getting tougher and tougher. You know, we've tipped next week massive down in the rag, you know, so um, an away game for us. We'll have to bring the same intensity, you know, raise another little bit again, uh, reach our targets again and just start focusing on ourselves, um, get the performance and to be fair to all those new girls coming in and, and the subs that even came on today, you know, they're really holding their hand up high and actually uh, making a big challenge for each position, you know, so that's great to see. But um long way to go yet. There's a long way to go as you said just finally the competition for places is something that Cork actually needs to kick on again this year because Kilkenny and Tip and Galway they're all the same they've got game changers coming off the pitch and that's going to push everybody on. Absolutely um, massive credit to uh, like Kleena Healy for instance even today you know she she wasn't she was in and out of teams a lot last year and she's after making a massive stamp on, on the last two games so you know these players are coming we have the players um, and it's about just getting experience into them and then, then the field is theirs Excellent stuff. All the best against Tip. Cheers. Thanks a million. Uh, Hannah Looney, congratulations. Good win for Cork today. Um, tough game. A lot of running involved and a lot of ball through the hands. So you covered a fair bit of ground, but two out of two, that's where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think um, it was great to get the win against Dublin last weekend, but I suppose one thing that we were really disappointed with was our third quarter. So I think we came out that bit stronger after half time. So we'll take a lot from that. You know, still a lot to work on, but look, second day of the league. Claire, we're coming down here with big expectations after beating Kilkenny, so uh, we can't not be happy with that, you know, getting the win. A lot of new players coming in out of the team, and it's good to see that the depth of the squad, like with people out injured and everything, and you're seeing a lot of younger players coming onto the panel, and this is what you want to build that panel as the year goes on? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. I suppose maybe like the last year or two, we probably be guilty for maybe only having 16, 17 players that you'd really back, but this year, like, there's a panel of 20, 24 players, and there's more out injured, as you said, and like to have big names like Ashton Thompson out injured, and we're still setting up to the 
mark, you know, it's brilliant. I think uh, a couple of standout players for me so far has been like Orla Catalan, just a great bit of stuff inside, and Aoife Healy as well, stepping up to the to the mark in both codes so fair play to them and you know we have a new member Claude Finn joining the panel uh, recently as well and she's coming on here standing up to the mark so that's what you want you want everyone putting their hand up and you know it's probably the first year in a long time we're in like I don't know what the 15 is going to be I know it's the second day of the league but there's going to be real real competition for places come championship yeah, keeping you on your toes, but you do, you've done very well in, in your, your own appearances. You happy with your performances? Yeah, that's it. I suppose the big thing for me is trying to get some hurling under the belt, to be honest with you. You know, um, I haven't had, probably had a break since last August and I haven't had any college. And, you know, I've been back playing football um, all right, but I suppose the big thing for me was getting a good 60 minutes under my belt there. So a lot to work on still, but I won't be too hard on myself after the second game of the league. Well done, Hannah. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a million, Jared. Matthew, first of all, congratulations. That's a good win. Two, two wins back-to-back, some good scoring. But what, what, what's your big takeaway from today's performance? Um, I, I suppose today what we really look for again after our clears was last week. Like, you know, it was, it was probably great for us that we didn't get... Um, we're just afraid of being complacent and that didn't happen today. Like, I think we, we started off very well. I know there was a stiff breeze there, but um, like the first quarter after in the second half, I thought we were very, very good. We just wanted to really kind of, instead of them getting a chance to get in a kind of bit of confidence, we wanted to put the game away and I thought the players did that very, very well. Just our movement of the ball, like we got 219. I'm, I'm sure we left another 210 after us as well, which is, you know, like obviously we still have to work on, but... You know, I was just delighted we never let up. Um, every time they scored, we came up the field and scored. When they got the goal, we got a great score straight after. So these are kind of like small things, but they're massive things as well in the, in the scale of things. Um, ball through the hand was a feature of today as well. You were preaching that from the sideline, move it quickly, move it fast, yeah. and then the killer ball into the forward line. Um, that's something you want to see a lot more of as the league goes on? 100%. Um, I suppose, look, we, we know the players inside out. We're, we're dealing with a long time. Um, we're trying to play a system that suits the players. We're, we're, we're a very fast team. So we just have to use that, just get the, the ball to the player in the space and run. And we did that to a, a, a good effect today. Um, again, as, as I say, like there's still tweaks, with, but look, you have to compliment the players and, and the work rate today and, and the way they executed the game. As I say, 219 again is, 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 a, is a great score again. Uh, using a lot of the panel as well, a lot of subs coming in. Ali Smith getting a fortunate goal, but the likes of these young players know the, the advantage of playing them in the National League. You strengthen your depth of your squad, which is crucial heading into the Championship. Absolutely. Um, as, as we know, like we're after four injuries, we know two injuries today. Like that happened last week. So like you need a panel. Um, you, like, they're not there for talking gesture. Like otherwise we'd have a full 30 odd players with us. But we, we just want the quality there. Like, they're showing us in the games they're coming on. Um, like we we're very very happy with the subs that came in again. And like they're, they're getting confidence. You know, there's, there's some of it's a big step up. Even Marla Callan there and over the, in the game she started. Like but you know it's just about getting confidence. And you know. Like there's a lot of players calling the ball off when, when she should be making her own decision herself. Like there was a score on the first half, and that's that'll come with confidence, like and, and, and experience. So that's what we're gaining at really. You tip next, um, yeah. You sitting top of the league. Yeah. You're slightly ahead in scoring difference. What are you expecting now next week? Oh, it, like I, I presume we're going up to the lovely rag. Like so, I presume if, like full, very competitive game again. Um, they, they've seemed to like I suppose last year they beat us here like I know they were knocked out of the championship after the game but they, they played extremely well but they're after kicking on I know they're after doing a lot of work um, in, in pre-season and all that so look we're, we're delighted because look we, it was a challenge last week it was a challenge this week and it's another step up next week again and that's look we want these players tested we want to see who's mm. rocking or not like. and while the injuries are unfortunate for the girls who are out but it doesn't seem to break your momentum no no because no, like, guys, strong. yeah we're delighted like, like Izzy O'Regan there just yeah. shows that she's playing wing back today she's a natural half hour and yeah. I, I, like she got the first score of the game I thought she was brilliant and that's what we want to do is try and integrate the players that they can play different positions mm. and, and you know so if we are going to 
miss someone that someone slots in and, and there's, there's no kind of upset to the team now. Uh, Trevor Coleman, fantastic win for Cork today to get their National League off to a flying start. Uh, big, big win over Tipperary, but uh, did you learn much from the particular game? Yeah, look, George, to be fair, we probably learned a small bit, not as much as we thought. Look, looking at Tipperary, listening to Tipperary during the week, we thought they'd come up here full of confidence, which they did. But again, look, they probably brought into a dogfight the first 10 minutes uh, after that, once our hurling came through. We thought they played well, to be fair. But look, again, it's a process that we're going through. We've a lot of new faces into the panel this year, a lot of young faces into the panel. We got three minors onto the field today, which is great as well. So, look, it's, it was a learning curve, yes. Again, did we get what we went over? Probably not. But, again, look, there's bigger and better things uh, ahead of us. And, look, bigger bigger games ahead of us. Tip, look, to be fair, they came up. Look, all guns blazing. Again, they, 10, 15 minutes, they, they did put it up to us, put it up to us hard. But, again, look, it's, it's a slightly different level. Tipper Junior for the, the Munster Championship and for the All-Ireland. So, again, look, we, again, we won the game. We won it well. But, again, we have a lot, lot to work on. Um, and considering you've a lot to work on, uh, disappointing then that there's no three-week break to your next league game. I know it's looks the way the, the, the league calendar works out, but it doesn't do you any favours. Yeah, look, look, look at what the, the Camogie Association probably wants to do. They don't really... Uh, fulfil fixtures for the second teams of counties which is unfortunate this year we're in the league with all the second counties we're in the league with Galway Kilkenny Tipperary and Wexford like, which is only four games which is not great for us where last year we were playing the likes of Derry playing the likes of Mead in the league series which stood to us we got to an all over final in the end so again look but again we can rectify that we can go look for challenge games and stuff like that but again as a league point of view unfortunately it's not going to help us with, with all second teams I think uh, Kilkenny beat Galway today by 15 points Galway are a team in transition because they won the all than last year so all those goals are tied so look we'll have to take it as it comes again we probably needed a win today because we've so many new goals it'll boost the confidence it'll help in training during the week you know um, is it all about laying the foundation then for when the championship comes around I mean the league is important for a lot of things you'd like to win it if you've got the opportunity and win a trophy whatever but the foundation that you need to put in place now you've a lot of turn, churn of players this year as you said you've 30 new players not 30 new players but a lot of new players coming in and the fact that you've got a bit of time to work with them now you can use that to your advantage Yes, 100%. Look, we're going to use the league the same as last year. I was only speaking to the goals towards night in training. We had eight players that started our first league game last year that didn't play in an all and didn't even end up on the panel towards the end. Same with the Munster final. We had probably seven changes from our first league game to the Munster final, which is great. We have to give goals opportunity in the league because this is where you find out it's grand in training and stuff like that, but until you get to the nitty-gritty of, of championship or league games, this is where you find out what they're really at. And look, goals put up their hand today. We're a firm believer as a management team that if you put up the hand and you take that Jersey, you hang on to it as long as you can and again goals will be given the opportunity in challenge games and we will have a different team going out in the league game again next week you know or three uh, weeks um, in terms of what you want to do and the style of play that you want to do it gives you a bit of time to work on that as well but I mean like with the players and with the championship when the club championship before any club championship comes around the fact that you've access to all these players now as an inter-county manager is that a big plus? Yeah it's a huge plus look and Joel as we, as we did last year look we released all the goals to colleges for the last uh, the last couple of weeks this, this week was probably our only week having all the colleges goals back and look they've come back fresh both MTU and both UCC were in all Ireland finals which was great for us so they're after bringing that mentality back into training MTU one look UCC were a bit unfortunate but look that mentality is coming to training is up to training for the last two or last week now we've talked to training which is great they're the numbers you want but look going forward look we, we hope that the panel again look will progress we've, we've a style of play that look people probably seen it last year we'll be looking to keep that style of play and the goals will have to buy into it and look yes next three weeks now we will work on that style of play which, which is great for us as a management team 
Well, listen, congrats on the win. But you can only beat what's put in front of you, and you've done that today, and you've got a bit of time before the next one. But we'll talk to you again, Trevor. Well done. Yeah, thanks a million, John. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Cork LGFA seniors Libby Coppinger, Rachel Leahy and manager Shane Ronane spoke to the Big Red Bench following the Rebels National League win over Donegal in Mallow. I also have a review of last weekend's Cork LGFA minor, under 16A and under 16B's championship clashes with Limerick. Uh, Libby Coppinger, congratulations. 2-2 from you today. A big win for Cork. One-sided, uh, surprisingly so, but Donegal are missing a lot of players, but you can only beat what's put in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess we're, we were just looking for a result today. Um, you know, I guess we started well, we beat Mayo, but then we kind of, you know, hit a bit of a, <laughs> a bumpy road. So, um, look, we're just happy to be back um, winning ways and, you know, trying to drive on now for our last two games. Um, yeah. And considering you and a few others played Camogie yesterday, uh, you came out here today, you took your two goals very well. You must be pleased with your performance. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I suppose, look, we were we were happy we got the win and that kind of pushed us on from yesterday. So we just wanted to come out again and look, the lads are minding us as well, you know. They kind of gave us our run and then gave the other girls a run as well. So, um, look, you just only have to work as hard as you can for when you're on the pitch. And yeah, we're happy with the result anyway. Um, are you happy with that, the fact that your load is being managed like, like yourself and Orla and Hannah were brought off immediately now early in the second half today? There was no need for you to play another 20, 25 minutes. I know you'd like to, <laughs> and I know you three of you would like to, but it's the right thing to do considering what's to come for the rest of the year. Yeah, definitely. And look, the lads are being so good they're chatting to each other the whole time now um, and that's really all we can ask for you know we are being a bit awkward in what we're doing and it's making things more complicated for them but when they're willing to work together it makes our lives so much easier um, and you know now we're right again for the week coming forward to just manage the load um, and drive on now we have the two weeks off of football but we've come up again next week so it's great that just look we don't have to worry about it they take it out of our hands and we just do what we're told <laughs> Excellent I don't say you do um, just finally I mean obviously Cork now back to winning ways as you said there's tougher tests to come Kerry are next up it's going to be a big game on Patrick's Day hopefully a big crowd out as well mm-hmm. but from your own perspective you know health wise fitness wise everything's going fine and you just want it, the games are coming thick and fast but I would imagine at this time of the year that's what you want definitely yeah um, you know I suppose when we first saw the league fixtures you were like geez there's a lot of games yeah. but it's exactly what you want you know we can't be having too heavy a load hopefully now we have the two weeks off so that could change things but um, do you know having the, you want the games you want as many games as you can and it's going to put us hopefully in a good position for championship which is only around the corner as well so yeah look here you're unbeaten we're going to hopefully put on a big performance in our home grounds um, on Paddy's day and like you said hopefully we'll get a big crowd to support us as well which would be great Excellent stuff. Best luck with that. Thanks for being here. Uh, Rachel Lee, first of all, congratulations. A good win for Cork today. bit disappointing that Donegal didn't offer up more, op- more opposition. Mm. But look, you can only beat what's put in front of you. So a good win for Cork. Yeah, definitely. And we needed a win today. You know, the last few days we um, we weren't ourselves. And we still had those to work on today, but that will settle us now for the next few weeks. So we're delighted with the win, yeah. Does it help having a bit of a break to the Kerry game on St. Patrick's Day and a bit more time to work on the, on the training pitch? Yeah, definitely. Look, even though we got the win today, we'd, we'd loads work on today in the last few weeks. So we have two weeks now to put the head down and um, fix those things, yeah. And for yourself, half-back flying up from the defence and scoring not one but two, and two really well-taken... Well, the second goal was an absolute <laughs> cracker. First one, did you mean the first one? Uh, yeah, we'll say, we'll say I did anyway, yeah. But that second one, it just shows coming up from the back and being encouraged to come up from the back. That suits your type of game. Uh, yeah, look, usually I would have taken my point, but the space was there, so I just said I'd go for it. And, you know, all the other goals as well, all the girls, um, like, the space opens, so you just have to take the opportunities when they come. How much are you enjoying uh, training and playing with this team, this panel this year? Because it's a big panel now, there's still some players to come back into it, and a lot of young people, young players after joining as well. 
Uh, yeah, we've a big range of ages and stuff on the on the panel this year, and all the girls are very welcoming and everything. So it's really enjoyable, and the competition is the most it's ever been, I'd say. So um, we're all pushing each other on, and it's it's really good at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, so the National League is helpful in that way in that there's more games this year and you're getting an opportunity to try things out. But you've nailed down your position so far. Not for not, not as you're laughing, not, not for certain, but you can only do what you can do when you get your chance. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, they've given time to as many players as they can and everyone's getting their go in different positions and stuff. So, yeah, when you get the opportunity, you just have to give it 110% and see what happens. So, yeah. And just finally, how much are you looking forward to playing Kerry in Park Earing on oh, Patrick's yeah. Day? Very, 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 very. Yeah, we, we owe them one now after <laughs> last year, so hopefully uh, all will go well. Yeah. Well done and thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Shane Ronan, congratulations. That's about as comprehensive a victory as you could ask a team to put, uh, put together in a National League game. But, I mean, disappointing that there wasn't more of a challenge in Donegal. Yeah, look, I suppose, I know Donegal are struggling at the moment. That's the reality, I suppose, Joe. And... Um, you know, I suppose we, I suppose we had to go out and do our job, and I suppose I think we did it fairly well. You know, a lot of the time, look, we were a bit sloppy at times as well. But I suppose sometimes when you're, you're kind of so far ahead, it, it is hard to keep the concentration levels going. But look, we're delighted. We got a lot of time into players. Look, players came on today and all made their debuts and things like that, and you know they got a couple of scores there at the end, a couple of the girls. So look, we're we're very happy with that. And look, there's, you look as I said, we're we're building, we're trying to build momentum. Um, and I suppose look, we've we've two league games left, uh, you know, and I think uh, you know it's it, it's getting to the business end of the season. So look, we're very happy with a lot of what we did today. But we still look, we know we've got to be better too. But look, you can only be what's in front of you. And look, you know, unfortunately, Donegal, like as I said, they're missing a lot of players. Um, they're under pressure with with a few things, a few injuries and things like that. So look, you know, it's not easy for them either. You know, such a long journey down as well. So look, the fairness of Donegal, they kept going to the very end. How happy are we with the with the quality of the goals you created and finished? Yeah, look, I think that's was something where we become very good at. I suppose, like you know, even we scored four last week as well, and we got you know we got three against Dublin. So look, it's, we've got that ability in the team, and I think you know we tried out a few different things today, like in a fairness, or you know, actually banged in two goals from wing back, like so, and and you know Libby there as well, like was excellent. You know, after playing a game yesterday as well, like you know she was she was just she really was brilliant. Like and you know, I think two two of them combined very well. They did four goals between the two of them, and they kind of and they were you know working with each other very well. So look, we're very happy with that. We tried a few new things. We've a few more things we need to try out and. You know, a couple of more girls to get back, but and with a couple of girls missing then as well today, you know, with injury and things like that. So, look, the panel is building. Um, we're happy with we're happy with where we're going. Okay, well, tougher test ahead as we said, but congratulations, well done today. Thanks very much, Joe. The Cork LGFA Miners made it two Munster LGFA Championship wins out of two away to Limerick last Saturday. Previously, the Cork Miners got their 2023 Munster campaign off to a positive start with a 4-8 to 1-4 victory over Tipperary in Mallow the previous weekend. Mornabby's Deirdre Cronin weighed in with 1-7 of the winner's total on that afternoon, as well as Castlehaven's Niamh O'Sullivan, who twice found the net. Connor Kilty's Millie Condon captain the Cork Miners from her half-back position with Tyke McCorrig's Amy McKennedy also standing out in defence. Now, last Saturday, the Cork Miners produced their second impressive display in as many outings away to Limerick. At half-time, Cork led 2-9 to 1-1 and by the full-time whistle, Cork were convincing winners 5-11 to 3-1. Once again, Deirdre Cronin top scored for Cork with 2-2. Neva Sullivan added 1-2. Maeve Collins and Leah Heffernan uh, scored a goal each. Kieran Morrison had three points. Anya Hallahan two and Laney O'Sullivan and Katie O'Driscoll each added a point extra in. 
over the bar for the Cork team. The results from the weekend in the Munster Minor Championship, Waterford travelling to Kerry and winning 3-9-2-11, while Clare travelled to Tipperary uh, and uh, registered a 3-2-6 points win there. Cork's next Munster LGFA Minor fixture is at home to Waterford on Saturday, March the 11th. And the uh, minor panel that would have been involved uh, in that game this past weekend, Cueva Richmond, Sean O'Sheen, Grace Cronin, Amy McKennedy, Millie Condon, the captain, Leah Heffernan, Alice Buckley, Kate Williamson, Lily Murray, Lenny O'Sullivan, Kira Morrison, Niamh McNabola, Anya Hallahan, Niamh O'Sullivan, Deirdre Cronin, Molly Murphy, Shafer Patwell, Molly Burke, Maeve Collins, Laura Mahoney, Leah Carey, Ava Fitzgerald, Katie O'Driscoll, Edel Sheehan, Brina Smith, Ava Barry, Amy O'Reardon, Amy Shepherd, Orla Kremen and Ava Kern. And this year's team, of course, is managed by Jamie Cronin and he's helped by mentors Martin Day, Oliver Healy and Edel Heffernan, who is the Flo, which is the female liaison officer. Also last weekend, on Sunday, there was a double header in Limerick with both Cork under-16A and under-16B teams in action. And it was on that day that we saw the first competitive voting of the season for Kieran O'Shea's Cork LGFA under-18 team. They were away to Limerick, as I said, in the beginning, the first round of the Munster LGFA Run Robin series. And at half time, Cork had built a handsome lead, 110 to 02. And they finished up uh, convincing winners, 411 to 04. Laura Walsh was the Cork player on top form. She scored 3 4, uh, of which two came from freeze. Lily O'Shea also got a goal. Johanna Foskin got two points. Kate Carey got two points as well. And Rachel Breen, Eva Nagel, and Eva Sheehan uh, got a point each. So it was a really good team performance. Uh, it allowed Cork to make 13 changes alone in the second half. And now on Sunday week, 12th of March, uh, Cork will be at home to Kerry in what will be a crunch game there in the under, uh, as we said, the under 16A championship. And uh, it looks like being quite a close championship, a lot of good teams involved there. So that under 16A panel that was involved in the win against Limerick last weekend, Andrea Toy, Emer Walsh. Ali Tobin, Ashling Tobin, Rachel Breen, Maisie McRae and Katie Ferns. Johanna Foskin and Kate McEntee, Ava Nagel, Quiva Horgan, Ella Burns, Kate Carey, Laura Walsh and Sophie O'Shea. Jenny O'Neill, Megan Barrett, Sarah Barry, Orla Drummy, Rebecca Fain, Niamh Hartnett, Kira Kelleher, Ashling Leahy, Catherine Murphy, Maisie O'Callaghan, Aoife O'Driscoll, Sarah O'Farrell, Lily O'Shea, Eva Sheehan and Ava O'Donovan. As we said, Kieran O'Shea is in charge of the under-16As this year and he's being helped out by mentors Martin Nagel, John Holly, Roisin Long and Josephine Carey, who is the flow for that team. Now, the Cork Under-16Bs, also last Sunday, Kenneth Burns' first Cork Under-16B competitive match of the season saw them take on Limerick in their Munster Championship opener. Now, it turned out to be a really close game in which Cork played superbly, only to agonisingly lose out by a single point. At half-time, there was only a goal in it, Limerick up 2-4 to 1-4, but by the end, Limerick edged it 4-5 to 2-10, a cracking game, a lot to be uh, proud of and positive for that under 16B team for Cork despite the defeat and lots to look forward to between now and the end of their Munster Championship. Cloda O'Flaherty scored two goals for Cork uh, against Limerick. Ellen Connolly kicked four points, Sally Murray three and then Saoirse Gould, Cassandra Fitzgerald and Laura Scannell each got a point apiece. So that Cork under 16 B panel that took on Limerick last week in their Munster opener, Molly Buckley, Sky Fielding, who's the captain, Grania O'Neill and Ava Ashman, Jimmy Young, Avril O'Sullivan, Ali Hayes, Sophie O'Reilly, Theresa Duggan, Claude O'Flaherty, Cassandra Fitzgerald, Laura Scannell, Ellen Connolly, Sally Murray and Saoirse Moynihan. Ella Hayes, Taylor Hearn, Quiva Toomey, Lily Desmond, Holly Brickley, Lauren Finnegan, Cyrus McKenna, Shona Cronin, 
Clinton Me McNamara, Ellie Merkel Mulkerns, Chloe Kent, Tara O'Neill, Saoirse Gould, Maeve O'Sullivan, and Rachel Murphy. Apologies if I butchered any of those names. But as I said, the cat are the manager for this year for the Cork under sixteen B's, Kenneth Burns, and his mentors uh, on the sideline, John Callahan, Jer Scannell, Father Terry O'Brien, and the flow is Nicole Hickey. So a good weekend all round, two wins and a narrow loss for Cork at minor and under 16 on A and B level and lots to look forward to in the coming weeks as the Munster LGFA minor and under 16 championships kick on. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune into the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels, as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM.